And we are here for the post-show. That song was great. I really like that song. How, you know, I love listening to old Robert Johnson. You know, I probably don't know as much great old blues as I should because things like Robert Johnson I love. But then, like, a little more, like, southern rock poppy blues stuff, like, I can't stand. So, like, I'm kind of fickle mm-hmm. when it comes to blues. But that one field felt... Um, are you serious? That one felt pretty legit. You really want to use this as a sound bed for the potion? I want to see how long we can take it. I don't, I'm, as soon as the Soprano Sax kicks in, I'm done. I'm checking out. This is, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I'm done. I'm done. This is 10 hours of the Baker Street Sax. I am so. done. <laughs> Checked out. What else do we have here? stuff in the head of my... Oh, this was neat. It's a little more havoc in it if you want some, Greg. Probably so, two one of the ounces. interesting things about a cellular, cellular automata game like Life, and you know the game of Life, uh-huh. sure. is that you can build structures that are self-repeating. You can essentially build... You can build the game inside the game. And here's an example. They put some music behind it, but you can... Life. Life. So they start with a one of these patterns that is a... It comes out of one of the guns. It's like a shooter pattern. Uh, and it moves out, and you sort of see it them popping. And then it turns into these lines. Mm-hmm. And it starts to look like... All right, so it's turning into kind of lines going perpendicular to each other. Mm-hmm. And now you see, okay, there's a bunch of different stuff around that's causing those lines. But then it's arranged in squares. Mm-hmm. And the squares are in the shape of the original oh, okay. pop. And those... And uh, now it repeats, right? Yeah. I always thought that I would like... I never played the game of life, but I was always intrigued by the idea. I'm like, that sounds like a fun game. I mean, it's not a game so much as it is an an interesting way to... But but the idea is that you can... You can act... This works. You can build the game of life in the game of life. Mm Mm-hmm. And have it... Copy itself. So... Right. Yeah. Okay. What was I going to say about that? I had something I wanted to say about that, but now I don't know what it was. Couldn't have been that important. No, probably wasn't. And do I have, ever have anything to say that's all that important? Does, does any of us, really? Here's a here's an analogy. Because I, I was debating on one of those you know, debate forums. I didn't actually bring this up. In, in the forum, but I thought about it. Because sometimes I go into those religion first science forums, basically that's what they are, mm-hmm. and um, try to explain what science is to people because sometimes they don't understand it. Uh, and so the analogy that I'm working on 
is that science is, is two-pronged. It, it's two things, really. It's a body of knowledge and it's a tool. So the body of knowledge is a map. I was thinking about like a cartographer, which I think you might appreciate. Mm-hmm. The body of knowledge is a map and the tool is a compass. So if you are looking at a map and it's really detailed, uh, you probably don't need your compass. Right, I mean, if you're looking at a road map and all the things are out there. Right, right. If you can orient the map mm-hmm. based on landmarks, yeah, you don't need the compass. You don't need the compass. If you've got really detailed stuff going on, you don't need the compass. So you don't need to use the scientific method for every single investigation in the same sense. Right, I mean, you don't. I'm lifting this glass. <laughs> I don't need to use the scientific method to make sure that's exactly what I'm doing. When you get to the edges of the map where the map loses resolution, that's when you start to need your compass more to figure out, all right, am I, is this pointing in the right direction? If, you, if you're in the woods, for example, the res, you just have a big spot that says woods. How do you know exactly where you are on the map? Well, you can orient yourself with a compass. You can kind of figure it out maybe by seeing sight lines and stuff like that. So the compass is helpful. If you're way on the edge of the map or beyond... Well, then you better have your compass with you because you won't be able to orient yourself to the known map. Mm-hmm. So when you get outside of that, you better use some some accurate tool to give you some idea of what's going on, and that's what the scientific method is. That's a pretty good analogy, actually. I like that a lot. Cool. I like it. Uh, so the the beer museum, their Indiegogo is up uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh. They were at thirty three percent when we had them on the show. They're forty nine percent right now, so they petered out. Oh, too bad. They're still well, they're getting go go. So it's yeah, it's, they're still they, getting twenty five thousand. Yeah, they get the money. Uh, regardless, it's not like Kickstarter where you have to yeah. reach the goal. Yeah, they're still getting twenty five grand. It's half their goal. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll be able to to work with that. Um, I hope that uh, we contributed in some way. I. I like what they're trying to do. It, it hurt me when they were pouring out delicious beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Y- you'd... But then again, I don't know. I mean, I'm I like, never... we broke out the Jester King for you. And you're like, eh. <laughs> it, it, it was a little weird because it, did, it didn't seem like they were beer, you know, they weren't they weren't as beer geeky as, as we no. were. No. And that's... That was something of a, something of a disappointment, I suppose, for a beer museum because, like a museum, you expect them to be they got to be hospitality people. They have to, you know, they got to be so much more yeah, than just beer yeah, geeks. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, the the post show was pretty interesting because <laughs> Matt wanted Matt wanted and well, Matt wanted me to defeat God. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what he... Using the Higgs boson. Yes, yeah. Or, I mean... You have one bullet in the chamber. God, perish. (laughs) I'm not, uh, you know... I'm past the point where... where, I mean, like, I'm talking in these these religious forums. I'm I'm not... uh, I'm not against the concept, but at the same time, I'm not, like anti-religion anymore uh, i i'm fine with people who are religious the only problem i have is with uh religion taking a uh, an overt cultural role 
But if people want to be religious, go, hey, do what you want, man. It's it's a it's a crazy ass world out there. Uh, I if, if that makes you comfortable, if, if that's the way you you want to see the world, I have a, a unique perspective on the world. I think is good for me. That doesn't mean it's good for everybody. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, to each their own. But the thing is, for a large portion of of, of Christianity, their own is to push it on you. Well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, teach their own until right. their belief is that they need to evangelize. Well, that's why, I mean, you go into the debate forums and you're, and you're talking with people who want to push it. it, it it's not people who are like, I don't know, should I push it? When you go into debate forums to debate, you're not going into debate forums to... Uh, <laughs> to be like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm wishy-washy on it. Now, that's not saying that. I mean, I challenge stuff with. Okay, a great, great example. I, I can bring up something that uh, that uh, was in. <laughs> so it's, there, there's a you know there's debate topics, but there's also like a general questions thread where just people can ask questions. The idea is not to debate, but just sort of to. Ask questions about things, and, and so this and answer with facts that no longer exist. Well, it's right? not Cause so we much because we, we don't have facts anymore. It's not so much that, but it's sort of just to get an understanding of what people are thinking. Okay. So, like this guy that I was uh, having a conversation with, um, he was. Let's see if I can read this thing. Um, he was talking about. His conception of, of heaven and hell. In fact, he, was, he wasn't even saying his conception. This is how it works. Okay. So I was just kind of asking. Oh, mechanics. Yeah, nice. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let me just read his thing. <clears throat> You've mentioned. So let me look at the, the full context of this thing. Okay. There's no choice between heaven or hell because the two serve a different purpose. Hell is temporal and ceases to exist when this region of the world. The material universe is recycled. Heaven, on the other hand, or paradise, is eternal. Now, of course, this is all stuff he's, as far as I'm concerned, making up at the top of his head. No, it's it's what he wants. Well, yeah, but it it reinforces what he yeah. hopes to be true type right. thing, right? So, uh, do, 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 uh, I think the life or death choice is more correct, but not in the sense you put it. It is not a choice objectively. It is better conceptualized using agriculture. Take corn or any other fruit-bearing tree. It goes through a time of development and maturing at the time of harvest. The important question is whether it has borne good, useful fruits. This is like this is this is reasoning through metaphor. It's not useful to me. But anyway, then he gets into this thing. Uh, in this analogy, the fruit is the deed. A good tree bears good fruits. A bad tree bears bad fruits. Only good trees are able to ascend to heaven. And this is where it got me. This is automatic on account of gravity. I can explain this if this is an you. So, Please. So that's when I was like, yes. uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. I definitely want to hear this. So I said, okay. <laughs> when he said, put that, I said, okay. So automatic on... I can explain this if it interests you. So I said, okay, like gravity but bipolar, such as magnetism. So souls have a charge of sorts that follows a field, either up or down. They're stuck in a potential well. Um, and then, he, then he said uh, something about the ego, but that, that, that's the important part. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, let me hear this gravity thing. I want to see this. So <clears throat> take here's what he said. Take liquids of varying density and place them in a transparent glass tube. 
you observe how they quickly form layers or planes, each plane containing molecules of the same density. This mirror is absolutely the process in creation. This also explains where a person goes when he or she passes on. In the beyond, the laws are stricter, unlike on Earth. There, there a person is drawn irresistibly to that plane where he will find people just like him. That is, he'll be drawn to a plane corresponding to his lightness or heaviness which in turn corresponds to his nature, which in turn is determined by the nature of his volition desiring for what is good or evil. Uh, that, that more or less is what he did. <laughs> is what you know, I, not all liquids stratify, right? Well, here's, here's what I said. Okay, so when it did, I said, so I said in response to that, which he, he has not responded to yet in four days. Uh, so he talked about how person is drawn irresistibly to that plane. There's density. So I said, okay, does gravity work uh, as a one over r squared spherical force in the beyond? What I mean by this is in our observer space-time metric, gravity is a distortion of the metric by the presence of energy, momentum, and pressure arranged in a tensor quality. The effects of this distortion radiate spherically outward. This is both why large objects form spherical shapes, hydrostatic equilibrium, and why the force of gravity pulls the same, assuming a perfect sphere, regardless of position on the surface of a three-dimensional sphere. This means there's no up or down in absolute spatial coordinates, but rather a relative up or down based on your location on or near a massive body that is attracting you gravitationally. So with that in mind, is the beyond made of similar spherical objects, or is it a flat plane with an absolute up and down? If it is spherical, are light objects drawn towards a general sky and heavy objects towards a core of sorts? Also, using the density argument would apply some sort of fluid dynamics, such as an atmosphere. Dense objects will only rise if they are A, immersed in a fluid of higher density, B, in a gravitational field which causes a denser fluid to sink around the object of lesser density, and C, not in free fall, as in lighter objects will not rise in a denser fluid in a microgravity environment. Is the beyond immersed in fluid in a similar way as we on Earth are immersed in our atmosphere? Also, is it possible for a soul to be as dense as the surrounding fluid and neither move up or down? Just, I, I love it, because I was able to just, all right, spurred on the mechanics and be like, all right, yeah, okay, let's do this. Come on, uh, motherfucker. You want to give an analogy? Here, yeah, answer these. Yeah. Uh, he had this other thing where it said, the actions of the law of gravity on the soul is determined by the nature of the radiations which this soul emanates. So I was like, okay, trying to follow here, does a lighter soul radiate more energy, which decreases its mass or density? Is that why a lighter soul will rise? Does it mean a darker soul will absorb the radiation from a lighter soul? And then he also then later said the radiation can be pure, good deeds, or can be impure, bad deeds. It's like, well, if that's the case, do souls have an infinite well of radiation? Or do they lose mass density by radiating? Are there still conservation laws in the beyond? If not, I'm really unclear as to how any of this might work because concepts like gravity are fundamentally related to conservation laws, seeing as they, they are gauge theories and thus are invariant upon some axis of symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that was just me like, all right. Let's, Come on, motherfucker. Yeah, let's play. <laughs> you want to make this whole mechanics argument, I would be happy to make this mechanics argument with you. Bring it. <laughs> uh, he's like, Ugh. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was like, Ugh. or just like, Ugh. but yeah, I mean, he's making up words, <laughs> ass pennies. 
Ashpanash. Ashpanash. Do you still use that anywhere? What? Aspennies? Yeah. I switched to Ashpanash. Okay. It's it, it's Aspennies, but with a with a with a New Orleans accent. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Creole accent. So, um, yeah, I mean, my, my whole deal, my whole spiel here is obviously to disc- to be like, look, if you're going to talk about gravity and shit and say things like. Uh, what do you say? One one things um, in the beyond, like this mirrors absolutely the process of creation. We're talking about gravity uh, in the beyond. The laws are stricter, unlike on Earth. Which because what? What? So, so so I was like, all right, if you want to fucking talk about this, I'm gonna go for it. I want to see what you have to say about this. And of course, he didn't respond. So yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, it wasn't me masturbating essentially in the text. Upwards. What? Did you get any upvotes? I got uh, at least one upvote, yeah. Because somebody recognized, all right, yeah, this guy's not, not letting up. You know, I'm, I'm happy to to have the conversation, but when you're just going to spew out shit, I'm going to I'm gonna slam you on Well, pseudoscience, right? I mean, yeah, it's- yeah, it's exactly. It's somebody who's reasoning by analogy about stuff he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it bugged me. And so, but but I didn't do it. I didn't do it like you're dumb, you're stupid. I was like, all right, let me just ask you questions and see if you can answer them. You should have just throw them breadcrumbs, ask them one little question at a time instead of your whole dissertation. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't really do slam. that on on these forms oh. because it's not like it's not like you. It doesn't lead to healthy conversations it just leads to people ignoring you or the, uh-huh. the small ones so you just you just spew out and, and if somebody wants to engage they will if they don't then they're not going to and that's that's sort of the way you gotta deal with it on in this particular forum I see so yeah but I was I was pleased with that when I was like yeah alright alright None of that is wrong. None of that is. I mean, yeah. If if he is insisting that's the way things work, then those principles should be. He should have some explanation for for whether those things are true. When I was at Stokes today, a guy came in with his dad. So like, you know, like a fifty-five-year-old guy came in with his seventy-five-year-old dad, or something like that. And I'm sitting there working on the computer and I overheard them talk about, I guess the old guy is trying to get rid of like a 71 Eldorado convertible or something like that. So I kind of just said, you know, like, I can't, like you said, no one wants it. Like, I don't want it, but I'm, I'm surprised nobody doesn't want a 71 Eldorado. That's pretty sweet. So he started telling me a story. Well, first off, as soon as he sat down, he said something about hopefully the the stock market takes a bump now that you know Trump's been elected or something so he's like thinking like <laughs> but he's telling me a story about how he used to work in diving like on the rivers and doing bridge work and stuff and he's like yeah I brought this stuff up and and the the foreman he's like the foreman a black guy couldn't believe that I fit all that. like I've heard, you know, it made me think of all the times that I've heard that, like where someone throws in this yeah. unneeded descriptor to the story saying, I talked to this black guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how was the context that he was a black guy important to the conversation? 
that you know this black guy couldn't believe that he could fit all this diving gear into the convertible the Eldorado you know if he was white he would have believed it yeah yeah it just <sighs> um this is something I saw on Reddit I just you know it just makes me think I've heard that way too many times there's I, I introduced you to the interesting to no, the um what is this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I always thought that I was pretty good at identifying what are these things until I looked at that forum, and then I was like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, that's things around the world. There's also a pareidolia uh, uh, forum, which is you know stuff that looks like faces or objects, uh-huh. and this is right. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> the chair with the bent back. <laughs> But it's bent in, in just the right way. Yeah, it's the right color. He wears mm-hmm. a gray suit. <laughs> Pull up. What is this thing? Let's let's identify some things. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this make good radio, but it'll at least be fun for you and me. Okay. You want to see a flag, a toy from France? I don't know, want to know what it is. Just an object. Uh, right. Just some weird flag. Don't really care. No, more of an object. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's just a thing. <laughs> just some toy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like anonymous things. Like I found this bit of something. Yeah. So this is this. I already read that this is uh, a. a this is Thai boat currency. Oh, okay. They're weird, like elongated um, uh, ellipses, essentially, of, of some sort of metal. What is this rock built in the basement of an 1841 home? It's probably a hearth, right? Oh, you mean the corner one or the one that's inset? I'm not sure. Let's see. You're talking about the shelf in the corner or the one that's probably the one that's inset in the window there. Somebody says his guess would be a pantry cauldron to keep food in the cold, dark environment of the basement longer fresh. Root cellar. The stone keeps things colder and the shelf is literally just a shelf. Interesting. Uh, Silver box with three small compartments and separate lids. Paint. If it was just paint... Hmm, that's an interesting one. So it's an ornate silver box, three lids, there's three inset wells, but the wells come out like, is it just for washing or is, do you put something underneath could be the wells? Could be ink of some sort. Yeah, maybe it's for cleaning. Maybe the the void underneath the wells is inconsequential there. Is it inkwell? That was me. That was all me. That was you. Okay. Uh, this isn't making great radio, but I'm having fun. I don't care. Your skull. Noisemaker. Oops. That's a horrible photograph. What yeah. is 
What is this thing that I can't even photograph? Cashier handed me this instead of a penny. Holy shit, what is that? Spanish? Ad major. So this is in Italian. Okay. Or uh, or Latin, even. It's a, it's a well-worn copperish coin. It's given changes a penny. Features St. Ignatius of Loyola. It's a, it's a Jesuit thing, so it's uh-huh. probably not money. Okay. Uh, yeah, this... Silicone and metal. The metal part swings around. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. Metal part swivels around. So this looks like... Okay, so it looks like a... Um, so silicone, so it's relatively right. new. Yeah, so it looks like sort of... It's a bracelet with a nub, which has... A wire on it, and then the other end of the wire, there's another piece of round silicone. Yeah. It, uh, what the fuck would that be used for? What are you doing? Just closing oh, okay. the tips. Uh, Hold ah. on. Okay. To make round fried eggs is put on breakfast sandwiches. Oh, it, oh, it's. I was putting too much stock into the handle. Yeah. The handle is interesting. Ooh, that's cool. Okay, so this is looks almost like a a butter churn or something, right? It's it's so there's an apple for so it's a wire thing. It has a globe like wire structure at one end and a sort of handle like wire structure at the other with the. Yeah, the handle's messed up, though. I mean, you would think it'd be a, like a, a whisk of some sort, mm-hmm. but the handle doesn't make sense, right? The handle... <sighs> it look, it, It's only about... It's not 3D. It won't stand up, right? It's... Yeah, it's only about uh, a foot and a half long. <sighs> Can you zoom in on the bottom part there, the stirrup handle part? Is that like all flat, like all on the same plane? All it looks like pieces? it's all on the same plane. Yeah, I don't think there's there's any three dimensional. What's the point of that bend, right? Yeah, maybe just anchor it better. I'm going with a whisk or something, some kind of stir. It looks like yeah. And I think that that stir angle bend thing is just to give it mechanical strength. It's a hat stand. That's not the same picture. How's it? How does that picture given stand up though? The base is in three D. Yeah, I know. I disagree, sir. Is there any other answers? Is the base broken? Oh, there, here's other pictures. But is the base broken because none of this? Oh, there. Oh. Yeah, there it is. So it wasn't flat. It wasn't flat. That's an awful picture. Yeah, bad picture. All right. <laughs> Bath salts, that's what those are. <laughs> there is a, a little packet with Korean, I think it's Korean writing yeah. on it, and little baby with like an astounded look on his face. Because yeah. he's so fucking high. <laughs> Bath salts. Uh... Google translates it to complex micronutrient for children, so some kind of vitamin supplement for children. 
<laughs> this is not great radio, but I'm having fun. Yeah. Sorry, guys. What is the circular component on this watch? The pattern resets it. Well, that's just a chronometer thing, right? It's just there for to look cool. Yeah, it's yeah. clickety-click 10 seconds, yeah. Ooh, some kind of arthropod. Some sort of looks like um, shrimp. Some it could sort. be a. I think it might be a piece of a larger arthropod. It looks like a shrimp it has a filter, you know, things. Or at the it back. could be a mole sand crab. Uh, so yeah, a piece of a larger arthropod. The Telson of a yeah. Yeah, peace. All right. I was telling you, so you've been sending me Planet Earth 2. Yes. Which has been awesome so far. But also because the weather's starting to get bad, I've been downloading other David Attenborough uh, I put a, I put another one in, yeah. I don't know if you oh, saw. yeah? I didn't see it, no. The Private Life of Plants. Oh, nice. So, uh... Allie and Max and I just finished up Micro Monsters, which is a seven-episode, half-hour... It's a season two. Series. Yeah. What? Micro Monsters. Oh, really? I'll have to look for that. Um, but they like that. We watched uh, Frozen Planet. That was the first thing we watched, is Frozen Planet. Then we watched Micro Monsters and Great Barrier Reef. And... Max is good with it, but Ali loves it. I was telling you, you should watch one of these documentaries with her sometime. I'd be happy to. Because the amount of knowledge that she's gained from the Wildcrats, which is, a for people that don't have kids, it's a show on PBS. It's a um, nature adventure. So think of... Think of uh, Inspector Gadget, but not being incompetent and based around nature. Because there's bad guys, but each show is based around the traits of, of an animal. So they call it creature powers. And they have a, a maker on the show, Aviva, and she programs the creature power suits. So when Chris or Martin have the suit on and touch the animal, they get the traits that, you know, the, the three or so traits of the animal that they want to teach in the show. And so they turn into these animals. So they, you know, like the, the, the kinds of animals they do are so varied. Like frogfish. Are you familiar with the frogfish? I wasn't familiar with I'm the frogfish. I'm guessing that it's sort of like a lungfish. It can go amphibian like no. No, no, no. It has the fastest reaction of any animal on earth. It can Faster than the pistol shrimp? Well, this is kind of like an anglerfish, but it... Sucks in the thing in like three milliseconds. Oh, so it's like like the bladderworts, the which are those plants that um, can suck in things in in less than a millisecond. To, have you seen those? Uh, I haven't seen the bladderworts, but no, the frogfish. You can pull up a video of them too. But when they they get up to their prey and they open their mouth and suck it in, and it's you know just th- I think it's three milliseconds. It's you know it's the fastest. Reaction in catching a flea in slow motion. So watching a slow motion of said a thousand frames a flea f- swimming around in a liquid, and I guess the platter worth is it's a plant. 
Right, right, but come on, do something. <laughs> Talk about delaying the payoff here. Come on, plant. Get with it. Got lots of fleas floating around and nothing happening. This is a boring video, Greg. Why didn't yeah. you do better? Why didn't you screen this video, damn it? Pull up the frogfish just so you know so you can see it doing its thing. I want you to see if a bladder work first because they're, they're impressive. You need to find another video. This is 20 minutes of boring. <laughs> then like two seconds of awesome. Wait, wait, wait. And there's not even any sound bed for this thing. <laughs> we swim away. There's nothing in the frame. <laughs> Worst video of a bladder wort ever. Four minutes into it. So it's four minutes in. <laughs> All right. It's... No, you didn't catch him. Come on. The flea's just too big? I don't know. Pull up the frogfish. Oh, he's... This marsh seems quiet. But the river contains the bladderworts. Stuck to bladderworts roots. This is the bladderworts leaf. It does the plants in favor. <laughs> High speed camera is needed because. Alright, so here we go. Oops, yeah, that's fast. <laughs> that's real fast. The prey comes closure. Catch only lasted one millisecond. This. Poop frog. I mean, that's, that's, that's cool. But it's just one cell. Oh no, it's a plant. Oh, it's, it's, a, plant. it's a leaf okay. of it's a leaf of a plant. Okay. So frogfish is super camouflaged. Looks like mud. Oh yeah. This one is actually white. I guess it has chameleon type things to it. We have uh, goldfish. Well, like, get some nice guitar riff here. This is a corn. Viewer discretion advised. Come on, animals eating animals isn't. <laughs> the suspense here is deafening. This is like the, the the fleas. Yeah. It's like, come on. Crop this thing down. Here it goes. <laughs> Fast fish. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like goo. I mean, the fish looks like like this glumpy, fat, slow, let's turn, sloth let's thing. Go the speed quarter. So Greg's playing in slow motion. Wow, it's, it's even like a, a super jump in, in slow motion. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, she knows, like, stuff about this and the mortal jellyfish and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we're, we were watching Great Barrier Reef, 
And she's like, I can't wait to see the parrotfish, which is a fish that chomps on coral. And like on cue, cut to the parrotfish. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that she liked it because remember she she came up to me once and we just watched Life That Glows, which is like the first. Uh, yeah, you sent that one to me. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I was like, yeah. So yeah, she's really into that. The micro monster, she loved. I mean, she's like, "Mom, you want to leave now? The bugs are coming on." You know, she loved the centipedes. Mm-hmm. I think centipedes are probably her favorite. Oh, she was so mad because in the intro they show a dung beetle. Oh yeah, and it didn't make it in the series. Or Maybe in the, it's in the second season. She's like, "Where's the dung beetle?" I'm like, it didn't. Make, maybe it's in the next episode. And then we ran out of episodes. I'm like, I guess no dung beetle. All right, I'll send you some uh, some more micro monsters. I can probably get them. Um, Galapagos. I looked for Galapagos. I could only get the German version. So if you can get me Galapagos. On it. And then I'll see if I can find... Oh, let me look for Micro Monsters 2. And then go from there. Okay. I think that's good enough. It's a good show. Um, yeah. I mean, talking about, while we're talking about David Attenborough, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy's... Isn't he great? He's, he's so, so good. Great. It's going to be so sad when he dies. <laughs> he's it's in that, his 90s. So, I it's mean, going to be in the next couple of years. Um... I mean, he still gets around for guy in his nineties, but he got in a freaking submarine and yeah. went three hundred meters down. Yeah. And then he went to see the president after that. Uh-huh. So, you know, was... um, so yeah, you know, it, it'll, it'll be sad when it happens, but you know, it's, it's inevitable. But uh, he's, he's leaving a, a great legacy. Yeah, I mean, I think the BBC will always have yeah some of the best documentaries, and whoever narrates it is fine. But it's just awesome that. David Abra is still able to do what he does, tells a compelling story mm-hmm. at his advanced age. And, uh, oh, I just. I... It's even great you know, if you see some of the really young, because there's some stuff that I've seen of him, like, really young, and he's still got that cadence and that mm-hmm. delivery. And... Right. Yeah. Well, in Great Barrier Reef, they showed a bunch of B roll from the 60s yeah. when he was there. Yeah. I wonder what like what Ali or Max thinks when they see black and white footage. You know, yeah. it's like, and then I'm thinking, Great Barrier Reef is such as is so crazy colorful. Like, what challenges? How did they actually convey the magnificence of color I, I on black and white can. film? We, like, like what narration could they have used to actually convey the significance? Because the medium wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Oh, they had color photographs at the time, so they can yeah. you know, say they pro- yeah they probably could have stitched in color, but no, the broadcast well, was not a broadcast, but they could have said yeah. you know you go to your library and see color pictures, or go to your museum or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess the broadcast was the limiting factor for a while. Yeah, the technology just wasn't there yet. But yeah, now it's in. I mean, they, I think Planet Earth Two is in four K, so it's like yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Well, right. It's like uh, Micro Monsters in 3D. It'd be awesome to watch that in 3D. It'd be awesome to watch it in like VR. 3D More. is like eh. Okay, I mean, yeah, some of it, like some of the close-up stuff in 3D. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would need to be VR. I mean, I haven't seen either, so I wouldn't know. But you would think that some of the extreme close-ups. I mean, they showed that one. Ant. That was impressive. That 
an ant is like the size of a grain of sand. Like oh, think yeah. of flea-sized ants. And they were showing these ants do battle because like there's one fertilizing male in the colony and like but there's challengers and like what the fertilizing male does is he puts invader pheromones on the challenger and then the workers come and chop him up. Clever. Fucked up. <laughs> Nature's fucked Nature up. Nature is fucked up, is right. That's the, oh, you're my you're my foe. Here, let me smear. If you ever think the world and politics is fucked up? Look at nature. Let me smear some enemy pheromone on you, and I'll just let my minions do their bidding. <laughs> do my bidding. Nature's awesome. All right. Well, that's... I've been so. Uh, I'm sorry. You want to go? But <laughs> I want to pee. <laughs> Real quick, one more thing. In Micro Monsters, they show a bunch of mating and stuff like that, and also in Frozen Planet. I'm waiting for Allie to ask me, like, why are they climbing on top of each other? Like, and then like. I don't have a problem with... It's going to be interesting when she makes a connection of humans do the same thing. Why do you think she has it? I don't know. I don't know. But as a parent, I want to be as transparent as I can with my kids. Uh But when it comes to talking about sticking my penis into my wife, um, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. Why? I don't know. It's You do it, right? Are you ashamed of the fact that you do it? No, I'm not ashamed of it. But you remember how gross it was when you realized that your parents, your dad stuck your penis in your mom? Only because I was taught that it was gross. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll save this for another time because we're getting into a deep conversation now. Because I I don't know whether I was taught that it was gross. I guess I was culturally. Yeah, culturally. But uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, and I'd like to chat about it. But since you have to pee, I do have to pee. And we'll just save this for another time. Okay. Gross sex talk next next week. <laughs>